And so I've had to work out some of my disappointments in life um, with my hands so that I didn't take my anger to a destructive place. Um, so gardening has become a big form of prayer for me over the years. So Dale's playing the piano and I'm gardening. Doesn't that sound idyllic? Um, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't we wish it was that? Um, but gardening has been um, a place for me as that I've worked out my rage. Um, I've often joked that I'm going to write a devotional book and the title is going to be Gardening as Rage. Hey everyone, welcome back to season three of Centered, a podcast where we explore spiritual practices for everyday living. Um, here's what we really hope. We really hope that everybody listening to this podcast can find in their lives a little less of the stress and busyness and distraction that seems to overwhelm so many people um, and find a little more centeredness, a little more peace, a little more of the life um, that God tells us he wants to give us. We're so glad you're here. Uh, my name's Carl Helvig. I'm uh, one of the pastors on staff here at Centennial Covenant Church where we're recording this. But as we say every time, we hope that no matter what your spiritual background is, no matter where you are on a spiritual journey, that you can find this to be a life-giving and meaningful conversation. Um, joined again by Roy Graham. Roy, glad to be with you again. Hey, Carl. Glad to be here. And then we have two new guests with us this morning, Dale and Laura Flanders. Hello. Hey, how are you? Dale and Laura, so glad you're here with us. Um, I've known you guys for years in various contexts, so I'm excited to have this conversation. Why don't the two of you just take, you know, I don't know, 20 seconds, a little bit of time each, and give us a little taste of kind of who you are and how you're connected to Centennial Covenant Church. I'll let Dale go first. <laughs> I need time to think about that. Who yeah, am I? I don't need time to think about it. I was pointing to you. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I had to get the chair back closer to the microphone. <laughs> this is just a conversation. Right? That's right. So I'm Dale Flanders. Um, Laura and I have been married 38 years now. Um, very extensive uh, work and career journey with all kinds of uh, turns and, and changes along the way. Um, uh, we have a couple of kids uh, that are grown and married. Um, we're part of Centennial. Um, we we uh, had an interesting interaction with Centennial for probably almost 10 years now. We've been in and out of Centennial. I did a lot of interim pastor work that took us away for a year at a time. But then we always come back as our home church. And really for the last couple of years, this has been where we've come most Sundays. And uh, um, we love the body here. We love um, the fact that it's egalitarian. We like the fact that it's uh, an incredibly welcoming place to... Um, uh, everyone's serving in a leadership capacity. And so we value that deeply, and that's one of the main reasons we're here, and it feels like home. That's, that was good, honey. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> what he said? Yeah, what he said. <laughs> uh, a little bit about me. I've been in, uh, raised a couple of kids, and obviously married to Dale, and uh, love being a companion to people who are seeking growth and maturity um, in all different areas of their life, whether it's uh, what we could call Christ-like maturity or maturity in the way that they work with their hands and the, their work and their field of um, occupations. So um, that's a little bit about me. I'm very passionate, um, hot-blooded Irish woman, so that might come out a little bit today. Um, an eight on the Enneagram, if anybody's into that. So. And I'm a nine. And Dale's a nine. So we go really well together. <laughs> We're both in the anger triad. So that, yes. might, that might show I today. prefer to call it the gut triad. The yeah. gut triad. Okay. Yeah. That's great. 
So as you guys know, this this season of the Centered Podcast has been um, around the idea of interactive prayer, and that's just a way of talking about our relationship with God. And part of the notion is that you know if if we're in relationship with God, we have to interact with God, just like we would interact uh, in relationships with anybody else. You know, you guys with each other for 38 years, your kids, your colleagues, family, right? I mean, we have to interact in order to grow a relationship. So that's kind of the the basis of what interactive prayer is all about. And my personal belief, and obviously that's part of this, I've dedicated my life to it, but also part of this podcast is that it's in those interactions, it's in the context of prayer, which can take many different forms, but it's in that context that we really grow and mature into the image of Christ. And so what we're excited to have you guys on today is just to, just to talk about both as a couple and an individual as you've journeyed with Christ, um, what is what is your prayer life been like? What is uh, ups and downs, dreams, crushed, met, any topic along there, but of course we also want to get into uh, at some point just your your life of prayer as a couple and so mm-hmm. interested to hear more about that. So again, just why don't you start and tell us a bit about your prayer life and what's that been like across your journey? When you hear interactive prayer, does it mean anything to you or you're not sure what that means? Or yeah, just talk about that a bit. So I grew up in the Catholic tradition and I married a Baptist boy who's sitting to my left. Oh, it's the same one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dale. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so I grew up in a tradition of faith where prayer was what we could call a um, liturgical prayer. Of course, I think all there's all different kinds of forms of liturgy, but the Catholic liturgy, we'll talk about that which was a lot of written prayer and prayer that's route, wrote, route, how do you say that word? Route, wrote, wrote, wrote prayer. Um, and, it, and it got boring to me as a kid, but I, when, when Dale and I were pastoring a church just not far from here, in, um, it was in Highlands Ranch, um, we were in a time of struggle, and so I said to him, I'm going to go to St. Mary's Catholic Church this morning instead of to our church, and I went and um, hadn't been inside a Catholic church for a long time and sat and just participated with the liturgy and just wept and through it, realizing that through the written prayer of the church that um, God really shaped my, my knowledge of him and my understanding of who he was. Um, but to be honest with you, I needed to get out of the Catholic Church um, to be able to form my own identity um, apart from um, an actual body of faith and who I was as an individual in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so marrying a guy from a different tradition was a part of that journey. Sure, absolutely. Um, so that's a little bit about my background in regards to prayer and connecting it to our marriage. But yeah, Thank you, Laura. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey as we've we've gone down the path that Laura, Laura talked about, kind of coming from two very different backgrounds from a uh, Christianity perspective and how we grew up. Um, and, and part of my journey has been, I'm, I'm a, um, you said I'm a nine in the Enneagram, but I'm an introvert mm-hmm. as well. Um, and as is Laura. And I think in some ways, if, if people were to say, talk, talk to us about your prayer life, and they had uh, in mind a picture of, you know, a couple praying together over the table every morning with a list in front of them and people that they need to remember in prayer and go, you know, that was in my background. That's what you did. That's what my parents did. That's, Your mom you know, has a notebook. My mom has a notebook. Full of right. people that he, she prays right. for. And what the answers are. And that's what prayer was. It was this very detailed, structured thing. And as an introvert, most of my prayer life has been very personal and inward. Um, um, And the way I best pray has been through music. 
It's sitting down at the piano. It's singing worship songs. It's listening to them. It's um, rehearsing through that. It's almost, in a sense, uh, making up melodies in my head for scripture passages. That's that's how I'm wired, and that's how prayer plays out for me. Um, my undergraduate degree was in music in the church, and even the think, things about how do you structure a, a church service to be that horizontal and vertical dimensions of interacting with God, listening to God, interacting with each other. Um, to me, that's all prayer, and that's how it plays out in my life. And so bringing the two of us together in, in marriage, I think, was a challenge from a It was a real challenge because I, <laughs> my most intimate times of prayer um, has been when I'm angry mm. um, and have experienced a lot of loss and, and need to express my anger to the Lord. Um, and Dale is a net nine on the Enneagram. He's a peacemaker. peacemaker. <laughs> um, and so I've had to work out some of my disappointments in life um, with my hands so that I didn't take my anger to a destructive place. Um, so gardening has become a big form of prayer for me over the years. So Dale's playing the piano and I'm gardening. Doesn't that sound idyllic? Yeah. Um, Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't we wish it was that... Um, but gardening has been um, a place for me as that I've worked out my rage. Um, I've often joked that I'm going to write a devotional book and the title is going to be Gardening as Rage. Because um, I really do think that your anger needs to be turned towards the good instead of towards the destructive. Um, and, you know, Dale and I share that same kind of tendency towards being getting angry. He just expresses it differently. Um, and so I think that's been a challenge for us in our marriage as I've needed to verbalize my fears and anxieties. Um, I love the song that's called All I've, Got, All I've Got. It's sung by Becca Johnson. And there's a phrase in it that says, I pray aloud as I speak my fears. Um, and Dale and I have had to really grow in trust of each other um, for me to be able to, for him to be, for me to trust him enough to tell him my fears. Because I think that's what anger is coming from, is the fears that we're carrying. Right. Um, right. And so Dale's been somebody that, as I've expressed my fears, and it has, you know, isn't pretty when I do that. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty ugly. Yeah. Um, he's been somebody that's been a re um, received that. So he's been God, image of God to me. He's been mm. a priest, so to speak, mm. that as I've spoken my fears. Um, when I was a kid, I went to the confessional. I, you know, opened the little door and yeah. sat, net, knelt down, and the priest opens a little sliding door, and you can't see his face, right? And you can make your confession. And so Dale's been that for me <laughs> as my husband. God bless this man. Yeah. Um, he's had to receive a lot. So those spaces have been a place of prayer for me. Yeah. Well, as I, as I listen to both of you, I hear... A holistic kind of approach so playing music um, that's very tactile it includes your body your mind obviously your spirits involved there and and what a creative way of using anger as it relates to gardening clearly tactile so you're you're both using sort of your whole self as you engage in prayer which is one of the things that we often teach in interactive prayer is like you, I'm an introvert too, and so I obviously do a lot of things in my head and in, in my mind and that kind of thing. But, but still, to be able to engage all of ourselves in prayer is important. So I, I love that you're highlighting that, and you're also highlighting. I think one of the key things about prayer is the fact is that it comes in all shapes and sizes, just like relationships come in all shapes and mm -hmm. sizes. You just described this beautiful interplay of, 
of, of marriage of 38 years of learning to grow and trust one another, particularly on tough, tough things like anger. Mm -hmm. um, well, mm -hmm. that's the same thing we do in prayer is learning to do that with God. And it, it varies by individual. So I think it's highlighting some really important things about prayer. The question that comes to my mind is um, the idea of interactive prayer is that God also is responding and inter interacting with us. So in our playing of music or in our gardening, are there times or in what ways has God interacted with you or you felt his presence or been aware of him or he said stuff or not said stuff or images or just how, what ways would you say God responds and interacts back with you? Does that make sense? I, um, the, for me, it's how does he not? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that. it's more of a, an issue of my awareness of his mm -hmm. responding right. to me than the fact that he's not. I don't think he's never not responding. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm influenced by St. John of the Cross. Um, he, he does suggest, he's from the, what, 16th century, 15th century? 16, yeah. um, he does suggest that we go through these different movements, and one of them being called the dark night of the soul, which I've experienced several times in life from severe loss. Um, and you apparently can experience um, a loss of a sense of his presence. Um, and, and what that does is to keep you from being um, or idolizing what he does for you. That's right. Or idolizing right. how he might speak to you. We, it becomes, we become addicted almost to what God gives us. We make him a Santa Claus in the sky. So this time of life where God might remove a sense of his presence underlined the word sense that's right um, so, so so there are those seasons where that's the case and I'm sure everybody listening has experienced a season like that and maybe even be in the middle of one and that's really frustrating that said I think um, we have a responsibility to pay attention um, so for me it's very much the physical um, I'm a very tactile, physical beauty is really important to me. I, um, if I haven't gotten um, out, not necessarily outside, but just out of my head <laughs> right, right. Um, mm -hmm. to pay attention to beauty, um, but it's also in paying attention to just you, Roy. I mean, I sit it with image. Um, you see me. You, you see me now, and I want to experience the way you see me as the way God is seeing me. Right. As you pay attention to me, God is paying attention to me. As you listen to me, the Lord is listening to me. As you speak to me, God might be speaking to me. Now, that requires discernment because right. sometimes people say very evil things. Right. 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 <laughs> okay. So I think that takes, um, I'm big on mentoring, yep. so that takes the constellation of mentors around me to help me maybe discern whether what someone said was God's from God or not. Yeah, that's right. Um, and again, in, in the context of marriage, Dale plays a big part of that role. He helps me to discern. And sometimes he says some really stupid things, <laughs> too, right? And it's not from God. <laughs> so that's why I think the best thing you can give to your spouse is to have mentors. Mm. Because sometimes mm. you're, even you need to filter your spouse's mm. words. And I'm sure I've said some really nasty stuff to him mm. as well. Um, and he's had to filter that stuff. Yeah. But um, paying attention is so important and it's i i think we make prayer too hard that, yeah. no i agree I, I, we make it way too hard <laughs> right. um, i told a group of um young business people that i work with every week um, in a cohort that we were talking about prayer and i said if you followed me around in the day you probably think i was a crazy person because i just kind of talk 
to just mm-hmm. I do I'm very gibberish with the Lord during the day and I'm, I'm by myself a lot you know the nature of my work so mm-hmm. it's easy to do well but. the problem is when she does that and I'm sitting across the room and I go what what it's like <laughs> I wasn't talking to you well there's nobody else in the room <laughs> um but I, but I think that's a, it's in that, that interactive yeah. part is the reminding each other, what are we praying for or about? Yeah. Because I think one of uh, this, mm, this past year, we had a, we, we both experienced a, a, a major career crisis, uh, during the past year, two years now almost. Um, and won't go into all the details of that, but it, it brought us to a place of, uh, in the middle of the pandemic of dependency on each other mm-hmm. and on God together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of it was we were challenging ourselves about what are we praying for, right? And, and we came to the place was we're, and, and you can, you know, criticize it in the big picture. Uh, it's like, well, we're not praying for miracles. We're not praying for um, money. We're not paying for all these like creature comforts. We're going to pray about character things because mm-hmm. that's the stuff God has promised he will give us, yeah. right? And if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask for it. Right? If any of you ask wisdom about seeing trials as an opportunity for growth, the way James talks about it, I think right. that's what that right. context of asking for wisdom is. If you know, consider it all joy when you go through trials of many kinds. Why? Because God is at work in that. Mm-hmm. And and it's easy to say, well, take away the trial or give me the new thing or fix the relationship, as opposed to if you can't see trials this way, ask for wisdom. Because God loves to give wisdom. So yeah, I, that's so, been a challenge and a, so, a good Yeah, tr- and so true enough. confession. Dale Pretty and I don't sit down and bow our heads and pray together very right. often. Sure. That, that's really kind of embarrassing to admit. Um, because for me, that kind of prayer usually is praying up four things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's really hard to pray characterological stuff by sitting and bowing our heads and praying that way. But we talk about it and we time. challenge each other in it and we kick each other in the rear about it. We leave each other notes about, you need to read this book, you need help. Um, <laughs> or you need to talk to somebody or, you know, that's our forms of prayer is to challenge each other that way because we really think that's what God cares most about. And I'm not saying we shouldn't get better at sitting down and bowing our heads and praying for the list of things that the people that we love need and care for, because God wants us to pray for those things as well. And I would say that's a big fault of our, merit, of our prayer life is that we need to do that more. But um, as we challenge each other in the way we walk with the Lord in dialogue, mm-hmm. our dialogue is prayer, and that's how we experience it. Um, so tell us a little bit about that dialogue and practice. You mentioned you guys have conversations. Is there any particular ways in which you're engaging in dialogue intentionally? And I, by the way, in parentheses, I guess I agree that we make prayer really complicated. We really do, don't but, we? And yet here my whole ministry is about learning how to pray and helping people learn how to pray. But at the same time, there is an intentionality that's good. So you're talking about intentionality. It may not look like bow your head and pray the list or because I come from more of a mystical tradition, you know, lock yourself in a closet for three hours or whatever you might, that might, these exaggerations we have about prayer life. But so what is your, what is your practice? How do you foster dialogue that is prayer? Lord, I love that you said that prayer, our dialogue is prayer. So how mm-hmm. do you foster that? Well, well I could go, there I, a couple, you want to go ahead? Well, sure. I, I think you got to watch Jesus in the gospels mm-hmm. because if Jesus is God and talking to God is prayer, 
as the disciples began to more increasingly realize who he was, was conversation with him, prayer. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so they dialogued all the time. Right. Um, so let me just put that out there sure. to start Absolutely. with. Totally. So that, I think that go, that's a great example. And they, he asked a lot of questions to get the dialogue going. Um, and so that's, I think, learning, I think the best thing you can do for your spouse or for your friend or for your child or whoever it is that you care for is to learn how to be a good question asker. Mm -hmm. But honest questions. I mean, I was talking with someone not long ago last week, in fact, who said she has someone in her life who's tr got trained in how to ask questions, and she, and she knows that there's an agenda behind the question. Mm -hmm. So not mm -hmm. questions filled with an agenda, but questions of, am I really curious? Um, mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, Dale's not good at that. <laughs> he's, 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 he's had to learn mm -hmm. I have, I'm more naturally bent towards I'm really good at questions. answers. Yes, yeah, he okay. loves to give the answer. Okay. And, and so, it, we've, and I've had to learn to give answers. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be a brain to pick. Yeah. I want to ask the question. Right. Um, and some level I, level I hide behind my questions. But yeah. Jesus was a great question asker. Um, and the disciples were good question askers too. They asked some really stupid ones, but Jesus let them ask them. Right. Right, so it's we're not looking for perfect questions. Mm -hmm. We're looking for honest questions, and so I think that's one way that if you can just get better at that, your dialogue mm -hmm. will just come. Mm -hmm. Sure, um, and we've done some a few practices over the years. I mean, maybe not regularly, but in some moments. Yeah. Um, one of them hey, before we started, David mentioned about Lorna. We've done some silent walks, where we've gone to the same place and we've hiked just in silence. Um, which, as an introvert, isn't that hard, and not hard for Laura. Every once in a while, you it. see something and you want to come here, look at that. You know, it's absolutely <clears throat> silent. And then the conversation after is what matters, too. So we've been trying to listen to God, listen to what's going on in our own hearts, and then we come together and talk about what we heard or more questions or that. So that, that's been an aspect. And even recently, I won't go into the details of the situation, but we were in a, a really challenging point in our relationship. And basically both of us took it upon ourselves individually to seek God in that. Mm -hmm. And we both came to the same answer, completely miles apart from each other. Um, and I, I, one of our, our approaches to marriage, and when we used to do a lot of marriage counseling and things or premarital counseling, uh, one of the things we talked about was the, what is the relationship of marriage? And we always use the word interdependent, right? We're not dependent on each other. We're not totally individuals. We are interdependent. And the idea being that Laura is following Christ and I am following Christ and together um, we are following Christ. So all, all three take place. And, um, and if one of us falls, the other isn't crumbling, right? We're, right. we're interdependent, we can, we can help each other. Um, and so as we both follow Christ, we are the body, right? Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we are one. And, uh, and, and so the, the, the practices of dialogue, like Laura said, I had to learn a lot of that. Uh, I'm very introverted. When we I, start, first started oh, dating, he drove me I wouldn't crazy. wouldn't say anything. It's like, well, I'm supposed to say the right thing. We're being yeah. the right way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. See, I'm learning something. Yeah. <laughs> it had to be the right yeah. way. You know, yeah. and so having a question has been questions about things that lead to depth and growth. Yeah. Um, Laura has been so influential in, in that and in how I think about God, how I think about the world around me, how I think about my own life. 
Um, and that dialogue is prayer. Absolutely. Right? As right. we engage with each other and we engage together um, with God. You mentioned um, pre-show about just uh, one of the one of the ways you're doing that is by reading books together. Can you say more about that? What's, what's yeah, that like? so um, we already alluded to the fact that uh, we went through two s- pretty severe job changes yeah. early, um, right? Bef- that both happened pre-pand right pre-pandemic, right. and then the pandemic made it more complicated. Okay, um, and so me being the anger person. <laughs> Dale, Dale struggles with anger too, but it just expresses in a different way. Um, I'm so in need of being reminded of the goodness of God and his glory and his bigness and who I am in the context of all that. And, and um, I often will say to Dale, tell me something. He goes, well, tell you what? I said, just tell me something because I have so much going on in my head. Right. I need to get out of this perseveration that's right. going on. And Mind's so. Empty. We decided, um, yeah, deals. Nothing. yeah, I'm whenever, yeah, oh gosh, we could How go down that, that rabbit trail. Nothing. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I would say, what do you think about this problem with our 15 year old son? You'd be like, I don't have any ideas. I have no idea. I'll let you get anyway, back to you. So his brain I is empty, my a... brain is full, and I needed to get it to be unfull. And so we just started, I don't know how it got started. We, the first book we read, uh, we started reading books right before bed. We would crawl into bed. And Dale did the reading, because I'm pretty sleepy at that time, and I have an esophagus problem, so I cough a lot. Um, so he, did, he does most of the reading. The first book we read is The Jesus Manifesto, mm. Restoring Amazing. the Supremacy and Sovereignty of Jesus Christ by Leonard Sweet and Frank Viola. Um, Great book. Mm. It, that book, so he read it, and I cried through it. Mm. Or I fell asleep through it, probably, too. <laughs> cried your sleep. Um, but it was prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, to be reminded um, about the beauty and sovereignty of the Lord in the midst of major world crisis, right? Right. right. And our own personal crisis. I was mad that that the world joined my crisis when COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted my crisis to be all my own. Um, but uh, yeah, so we that just and so then we were done with that and and so we've read since March of 2020 a good 15, 16 books out loud to each other and. Um, it's been a, it's been prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes you don't know what to pray, and that's when it's good to use written prayer. Sure. And so some people will pick up a liturgical book, and I start. I talked about liturgical prayer, which I I still love to this day. Um, but it was just fun to read books as prayer. Yeah. That's how we began to experience it. Right. And there's spe- something special about reading out loud. Oh, I mean, I, I'm so weird. I'll read out firm, loud but... to myself, but um, <laughs> doing it together is uh, yeah. it, it changes things. Yeah, yeah. The expression. I drive my young adults that I lead a group every week of young adults. I've already mentioned that um, these are with the Denver Institute of Faith and Work, mm-hmm. and I read out loud to them. I think I drive some of them crazy. <laughs> But people I should that. get into audiobooks, it sounds like. <laughs> no, there's something about there's something about real time reading. Right. Yeah. I don't oh, like I, listening to other people oh, okay. read. I like to read. To read That's why read. he does all the reading, That's right. baby. That's great. No, you do. If I read, you like listening. <laughs> I do. That's not true. Well, you guys, I want to thank you for just dialoguing with us and interacting. I mean, that's that's it, asking questions, listening. Um, I think we've had a great episode of particularly highlighting the fact that prayer comes in different shapes and sizes. And I love that. I love that you guys are interacting as a couple around it. And I, you know, I totally get that. We don't sit down and pray at the table thing. My wife and I have been married for 28 years and we've 
struggled 29 years. Ooh, will that be in trouble? 29 years. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, we hardly ever sit down and just do that. I mean, more and more lately, especially as we're facing a massive transition moving overseas, we, mm. we listen together more uh, in prayer. Um, but I just love that. So that's, I think that's part of the highlight of this episode is the fact that we're highlighting it comes in different shapes. And um, we always do want to leave it practical. And you've given us a couple of really uh, key practical for lack of a better word, techniques of prayer, you've got asking questions, which is just brilliant. And Ask, I love that. Yeah, I'm asking questions, Jessica. letting your spouse yeah. experience prayer by playing the piano or cooking. Yeah. Dale's a cook. He, yeah. When he's in the kitchen, I know he's praying. Okay. But it, letting your spouse experience prayer that way, too. Yeah, that's great. I love that. And I love the idea of reading the book together. It's a yeah. very, very good idea. And so I think we've given our audience some practical things to, to latch onto as well as just I mean, this is the, the point of like biographies and things, of sharing life with other people's stories. You guys have been at this for a long time. And so it's great to hear that. Um, yeah, so thank you for your time and we'll see what happens for our next another episode. Anything else I need to wrap up here? Is that good? All right, well, thank you guys for thank tuning you. in. No, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. With thank us. you. Appreciate you. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks. Thank you, audience, for tuning in to Centered Podcast and we'll catch you in the next episode.